pull up this video and it was like looking into a mirror. Hmm. I mean, there was just no question, no question. We, I didn't need the ancestry test that I would later get that would connect me officially with blood hundred percent. I didn't need that. Just this video from 1983 of a guy wrestling um, in the WWF. I was like, Oh, there he is. <laughs> like just no question. And he was black. So my real dad is actually black. everyone it is a monday august 28th 2023 and shit is wild out there and welcome back <laughs> we hoped you missed us because we really 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 missed you we really missed you guys and welcome to season two episode one of luke who is your father i'm your host jules i'm ricky and i'm kenny and this season, we have finally turned the mic over to you, the listeners, to tell us about your family scandals, trials, and triumphs, and it is not for the faint of heart, and a gentle reminder that the opinions and experiences expressed in this episode are those of our guests, who we were so lucky to have for the entirety of this season. Uh, you can see this episode and all of our episodes and bonus content by subscribing to Luke, who is your father on YouTube. Follow us on TikTok at Luke, who is your father pod at Ricky jump and at Jules, who is your father and follow us on Instagram at Luke, who is your father at Ricky jump and at Kenny K 23. She got it. She did it. Just a quick interruption here. We obviously have a ton of housekeeping to take care of this episode and are so excited to announce our official Patreon. <laughs> you can go subscribe now at patreon.com slash Luke, who is your father to join the community of the fatherless. First of all, this is obviously a way for us to keep doing this podcast, keep making additional content, but more importantly, it's really a space for us to connect with the community and fans of the pod on a more regular basis so that we can celebrate, commiserate, whatever feels right. We're going to start with a happy hour tomorrow, August 29th at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. That's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5.30 p.m. Pacific Time. And we will put the link up for that Zoom on our official patreon page these happy hours will take place on the first tuesday of every month so that we can actually have conversations with you see your beautiful faces and we'll also be debuting our special episodes the dia episodes which of course stands for daddy issues anonymous these episodes will feature quote-unquote guests that you all know and love they'll appear anonymously and the idea is for you to be trying to guess who they are before they're revealed at the end of the episode so definitely a great way to have some fun we're starting with a five dollar blanket membership and we'll obviously add tiers as we get a feel for what you all want to see more of and we are pretty much as excited about this as we were to start the podcast so one more time we're luke who is your father on patreon that's patreon.com slash luke who is your father go subscribe now for exclusive dia episodes and the chance to chat with us over your happy hour drink of choice we will see you there 
We so appreciate all of the support we have received and would love if you would take just a second to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast and share with a friend, family, alien, who you think would enjoy it. Um, And we are loving all of the reviews we've received so far. Good and not not so so good. good. It really means a lot to us and helps us out a lot when you take the time to actually write out your thoughts rather than just hitting those five stars. And we really have been taking in the feedback and and making changes where we agree with you and have really been trying to be open to that. So if you have time, let her rip. If you have a story of your own to share of the Who's Yo Daddy variety, you can submit on LukeWhoIsYourFather.com, where you can also read our bios, any mentions in the press, or on other podcasts, and see all of the platforms that we are streaming on. So if you are new here, Kendall, Ricky, and I are, or I should say Kenny, Ricky, and I are triplets who were separated at birth, reunited, and found our biological through father through ancestry DNA. So if you missed that story, you can go back and listen to season one and make sure to bring your tissues for that. That was quite the journey. And so glad it's over. Yeah, (laughs) we are. Very thankful and grateful for that experience, but really looking forward to this season where we get to really just dive into your stories. So it's been quite the eventful break for us. And thank you all for being so, so patient, uh, because I think we really needed it. One of the reasons that that break was much needed is a little bit of, well, a big change that we've made between season one and season two, which is that now we are 100% self-produced and edited and all the wheels in the machine, um, which has been a big learning curve. But I think all three of us really enjoy learning new things. Um, And Ricky and Kendall have both done such an incredible job kind of picking up um, where where we left off last season. So be looking forward to that because we're proud of it. Be looking forward to it and just give us a little bit of grace. grace. (laughs) Patience is appreciated. And we actually had more going on than I think we anticipated. So let's kind of get into that. I'm going to save the best for last. So we'll start with you, Kendall. What have you had going on during the break? I got to go volunteer at the U.S. Open, um, which I'm sure none of you know what I'm talking about. It's (laughs) it's a golf tournament, the U.S. Open golf tournament. I would have a little more faith in that. I think there's a lot of U.S. (laughs) Opens, though, right? Isn't there like tennis and something? I don't know. It was golf. Uh, We it was at the L.A. Country Club, and that was a really cool experience. If you guys don't know, which you I don't even know, I said that you probably definitely don't. Kendall's boyfriend Lee is like a pro level golfer and they've both kind of fostered a passion for that together they do know because we celebrated lee's hole in one oh that's right that's right yeah so uh that was really fun um and then had some kind of not great personal stuff happening in the meantime where i had to to cancel some plans but uh we did get to celebrate our birthday together for the first time in a little bit so that was good really exciting 32 allegedly allegedly but uh i'll kick it on over to to ricky we're saving ricky for last because she has the oh, most exciting yeah. news to share right 
And yeah, I, we definitely don't want to end on my note because I cannot think of anything that has been going on with me. Um, because of what Ricky will share with us, I have been working on a new art project that has been taking up a lot of my free time. And I think um, I can just go ahead and spill the beans because of you guys and all of your support and just some you know, chain of events through social media and things like that, we have had our story picked up by a lot of different um, news programs and just papers in the UK and things like that. And we actually got to go on the Today Show a couple weeks ago with Hoda and Savannah, who are just angels on earth. And um, I think I'll let Ricky start with start with that. Tell us what that was like. And then we'll pop the big surprise for you yeah so the today show contacted us on a sunday and asked that we'd be out by wednesday and we said really and they said yes and we said okay then (laughs) so we all found a way to get out there on a wednesday night went on on a thursday morning got to go to the nbc uh, today show studio which not very many people actually get to do to go in and sit down but they know they knew that we would crush it um our funniest moments i think were in the two moments where we had to wave as a teaser for five to ten seconds it's you guys should try it time. you guys should try waving for five to ten <laughs> seconds and see how you feel about it <laughs> so we did in fact get scolded by the today show staff because we just could not behave during that um and yeah got to sit down with hoda and savannah they had actually the today show had actually put together a segment and if you all watched it it was a seven minute segment we were on for the last three and a half and they did not show us the segment before that until we were sitting on the couch ready to roll the cameras and it was so sweet that um by the time they actually got to us all we were kind of in tears and had to wipe those off and chat with hoda and savannah they are the most professional professionals that i have ever seen in my entire life and hoda did say that she would be listening so hoda hey, hey. hoda <laughs> and savannah and, and al and savannah <laughs> and al we know you're there and we love you. We love you. We had just the best time. It was so much fun. So much fun. Me and um, Kenny got there a day before Julian. And I don't know if you all have had the pleasure of hearing the ode to the polar bear. It is the pre-episode or any important event ritual that we do that we... It's from Balto, the movie. <laughs> and... Uh, Kendall and I got to go a day early and go to the Balto statue, which we've been wanting to do since we were <laughs> youngins. I was really, really sad that I missed that. Um, but yes, you could see the what led to the Today Show was we were in the Daily Mail. That article is hilarious. The comments are more hilarious. Thank you, UK, <laughs> for for brightening my day. Uh, and then that was picked up by the New York Post which then made its way to the Today Show and then was syndicated on E! So all very exciting. Be sure to share those with someone you love. Uh, And my special news over the break, I got engaged. He's engaged! (laughs) You guys should see this ring. If you have it, you absolutely have to see this ring. Go to 
Ricky's socials and whatever because it's stunning. Colin did such a good job. He did such a good job. I'm holding it up so everyone go subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is popping off as well. Um, and you can go see it there. But that was so exciting. I got engaged in Paris, which I was not expecting at all. <laughs> and because he told you to not be expecting right. <laughs> um, And then... Julian and Kendall were nice enough to participate in putting together a surprise engagement party for me at the place where me and Colin had our first date. And I was the most surprised anyone's ever been. So she really did almost fall over. We have to give all credit for that to Joe and Annalise, though. Yeah, I don't think we can take a whole lot of credit for that one. <laughs> we just but showed up. <laughs> we did. We were invited. It was nice. It was great. <laughs> yeah. So we are. So excited to be back, but obviously had a busy break that we very much needed. Um, oh, and do want to shout out Keith, who sent us lovely birthday, birthday presents gifts. for our birthdays. Yes. It was so sweet. And we still have to use our birthday gifts and we'll send photos to both Keith and we'll the socials. make some posts about it. Yeah, I think we decided to use that for a celebration for the episode of one yes. dropping. Oh, perfect. 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 All right. Well, let's get into things. And we're going to start with our new question for the season. We decided to shorten this one up a little bit based on the feedback we got. <laughs> and I'm going to start with Kendall. Kendall, what is your favorite TV show and why? The Bear. Uh, the Bear is like, it's a show that I can literally watch and then rewatch immediately after and be totally okay with it. And I am fully like confident in recommending it to other people. You know how some shows you have where you're like, uh, yeah, I will. I tell everybody to watch that show. Everybody should watch that show. How about you, Ricky? I'm going to have to go recency bias as well because I fucking love TV. <laughs> And if it's on, I've probably seen it, but I am missing my little succession babies with my whole heart. I just bought me, Colin, my best friend, Jade and her boyfriend, Waystar Royco hats, <laughs> which I love. And a few people have actually stopped us and asked us if we worked on the show, which has been hilarious. But yeah, succession. I think that's the best writing I've seen in a long time. That score moves me to my core and Roman is my man. Roman is one of the best characters to grace my television screen ever. I think my favorite show, again, we'll go recency bias. We, I just finished Hijack on uh, Apple TV. Idris Elba has always been a favorite of mine and it's a very high suspense. Loved it. I am pretty easy to please as we all know when it comes to uh, media that I view and um it had me on the edge of my seat and it's cool because it goes over a seven hour flight and it's seven episodes that are an hour long so it's like in real time which i really enjoyed mm -hmm. oh, and had me on the edge crazy. of my seat all right well speaking of favorites we are so excited to bring you our guest for this week his name and we kind of teased him at the end of season one his name is mark craven i was scrolling reddit one day and i found an ama about a man who was raised by a severely racist mother found have thought this one guy was his biological father his whole life but had no contact with him 
found out when he was in his 20s that it was not his biological father and that his bio- biological father was indeed black, as well as another funny twist that we will get to. Uh, Mark is a published author. He just uh, released, well, not semi-recently, came out with his book, uh, Dad's Kiss Your Sons, and just has a really interesting story to tell. We're really going to dive into his childhood to start it off and um, kind of see the resilience that he's displayed all throughout his life. So without further ado, here is Mark Craven and Luke, who is your father. So we have Mark Craven with us today. Mark is a best-selling author, life coach, badass father, and he has plenty of daddy issues himself. And today we're going to kind of take it from the top. Mark, hi, how are you? Hey, how are you Hi, Mark. Welcome to the pod. So I think just to start off, because we do, we want to kind of take it from the top. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? And we'll kind of get into the meat of this crazy story that you have to tell. Sure. Yeah. So I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, I didn't have a dad growing up and me and my mom just did not get along at all. We had a pretty terrible relationship uh, until I was like 15. She moved to California when I was 15 and I stayed in Pittsburgh. I lived with my aunt. Um, But yeah, you know, it was, it was just, she, she had a lot of uh, untreated, undiagnosed mental health issues and um, you know, it was, it was just dealing with a lot of like, she was a pathological liar. So it was dealing with a lot of empty promises on top of empty promises. And, you know, it was, it was rough. I mean, the first literally, and I write this in, in my book is like the first memory I had is seeing her cut her wrist with a steak knife. So, you know, she didn't do, um, you know, ultimate damage to herself. My grandma kind of like grabbed the knife out of her hands. Those two were like always fighting with each other at like level 2000, you know? So she grabbed the knife and, you know, didn't really leave any, any lasting impressions except with me, Right. <laughs> you know, like 30 yeah. plus years later, I'm still thinking about it. Uh, but yeah, it, it was just really rough, you know? And, um, I remember in like seventh grade, I made a vow to myself never to get my hopes up. Cause I was always let down, but she just kind of always was like, okay, tomorrow we're going to go to Chuck E. Cheese and we wouldn't go, or we're going to do this thing. So you know, to a little kid, like that's trivial, not trivial now, but when it's your mom saying you're going to do these things and you don't do them, it really builds and just creates a lot of insecurity and trust issues that I've got to bring into my adult life. So that's been a lot of fun. <laughs> Mark, I have a question. First, yeah. obviously, very sorry to hear all of that. Uh, and so excited to be chatting with you in good spirits today. Um, <laughs> when you said you didn't have a dad, yeah. What was that? Like, what was the explanation there? Was it that he left or what was the uh, narrative there? Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, when, when you're dealing with a pathological liar and somebody that's just basically totally irrational and illogical at every step, the story changed, you know, and there wasn't really always a concrete story. But I was told my whole life that, you know, a guy named Mark, who I was named after, and he's Italian, was my dad, but he didn't want to have anything to do with me. So he didn't want to be a dad and he, you know, just ran off. I mean, that was basically the story. Uh, Cause you know, I grew up and friends have dads and you know, where's my dad <laughs> and you know, things like that. So it was, it was never, it was never really, it was just not really 
talked about too much, you know, with my mom. Uh, like I said, she would say uh, he just didn't want to have a kid or, you know, something like that. And I, and I know now that, you know, what she told my family was, you know, you don't, don't ever take him around them or, you know, Mark, I'll rip him out of your, your lives. Like you won't see him any, like Mark, me anymore. Um, stuff like that. So she, and, and she, again, because based on the pathological lies thing, like some of the stuff that got back to me, one thing was she had told coworkers that she, her ex-husband died in a car accident. She was never married. Her ex-husband died in a car accident <laughs> and he was decapitated. And it was like very oh dramatic. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, I should have thrown that in. But, uh, and then she got stuck raising his biracial son. So she, my Wait, whole, I mean, she, if when did ask her. When sorry, did uh, you hear that? When did I hear When did you that hear that story? rumor? Yeah. Uh, probably in my early 20s. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that came about um, from a trusted resource, <laughs> you know, a family member. And yeah, she, she said, you know, she got stuck raising her, his biracial son. And my mom was, I mean, she was pretty racist, actually. So for her to say that, anytime someone would ask her if I was mixed race when I was little, I mean, she would blow her fucking top. Like she would go ballistic like he's you know he's not black and all this stuff so it's 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 just weird (laughs) you know it's just a really strange person that I had to deal with yeah I want to talk a little bit more about that because I think that is what really really caught my eye Uh, and Mm -hmm. I don't where I'm not going to spoil anything right now but I think that's what really caught my eye is that you had said that you were raised by a severely racist mother Mm -hmm. so I am just wondering the extent of that or how egregious that was. How did you know that she was racist? What kind of behavior did she exhibit? Yeah. Uh, I mean, she, you know, she wasn't taking me to like white supremacist meetings or anything <laughs> like that, but you know, she definitely freely used the N word and she just kind of established that black people aren't good. You know, you know, that was basically it. And we lived in an area called Duquesne, which is like just outside of Pittsburgh. I mean, we're right there. But it was, you know, it was mostly a black community, um, kind of a ghetto, <laughs> you know. But I would stay with my aunt, who, you know, again, who I lived with when my mom moved to California. My aunt was just like the total opposite. Mm-hmm. Everybody was welcome. She was so funny and everybody wanted to be around her. Her personality was just magnetic. People, again, just loved being around her. And every again, everybody was welcome. So I remember her daughter... Vicky, who's essentially she's my older cousin, but she's more mom to me now. Okay, you know what I mean. Uh, Two her two best friends. One was a white guy that was gay, and the other was um, a white girl, a white female that was dating a black woman. (laughs) You know, so like I know it was never. It was just like I mean, there was never any. I don't know. There was just never any people were different. Yeah, when Mm -hmm. I was with my aunt, so it was very contrasting and. You know, I knew my mom sucked even at a young age. So I was like, well, she's probably wrong. That's that's kind of <laughs> what know, I was going to ask because you started living with your aunt when you were 15, which I want to get more into that. We'll, we'll ask about it in a second or someone else can. But so up until that point, you had been raised by a woman who was overtly racist. And I know yeah. this can be hard, kind of hard to talk about, but did that affect you? Like, did you because... I mean, I don't think anyone would blame you for taking on the ideologies of a parent. How how did you kind of see different races and different people up until you were 15? Or because yeah. like you said, well, yeah. It, well, it was it was something I thought more about. 
as we'll get to why I thought more about it in my adult life. Um, but it, it really wasn't something that I thought too much about, probably because I just wasn't racist. <laughs> Um, but there did come a That'll point in my it, life where yeah. I did have to analyze that. You right. know, and I did have to sit back and, you know, just see if there was any any of that in me. You know, because, I mean, as I'm growing up, those are your foundational years. I had to see if any of that was mixed in with, you know, my beliefs. And again, there wasn't there wasn't any overt racism beliefs within me. But there there was a belief that black people are at least different than right um so that was there and it was really subtle and i think that's important to recognize and it's important to talk about because i don't think racism is always like it's not always just so glaring and blatant and here's all the confederate flags and here's (laughs) you know uh the white hoods and burning crosses like that's not always what racism is racism is institutional you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's institutional racism there's just inequities based on racism that you don't even see it's not in your face so to be able to sit down with myself and just be like, okay, I, I think there's a, a thought of seeing this group of people as at least different than me, mm-hmm. which is a racial belief, a racist belief. Yeah. I think. <laughs> so Mark, from one to zero to 15, you're being raised by your mother mm-hmm. who is not great and who... Yeah, she sucked. <laughs> Mark's mom sucks. <laughs> and... I forgive her. Like, you, you can forgive somebody and think they're You can forgive someone time. and oh, think that they suck. thousand percent. Yeah. I think it's almost easier to forgive someone who you just know sucks. You're like, well. Yeah. Yep, yeah, it yep. is easy. Right? Like, yeah. They're not person. even trying. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Ricky. I didn't mean to you. No, you're fine. Um, so, and it's kind of the crux of the story, but you are, in fact, biracial. You've already said that. You're growing up. And did you just think that you were white? And did... Yeah. Did you notice that maybe you were not? And did other people notice? Like, how did that That's work? A question. Yeah. yeah. Would you notice? <laughs> I wouldn't. No. I don't know. I, I, don't, I, mean, I know it's so hard because we knew already. I read your Reddit post before I saw you. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would think you were white. So, oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was always, I was always told that I was Italian. You know, it was it was never revealed to me that my, um, you know, my ethnic background was 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 black. So it and growing up, you know, people would like friends and stuff. They're like, I mean, you look kind of black, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like and I was like, yeah, I mean, I probably am. Like, who knows? Like, I don't actually know my dad. So whatever. Um, again, it wasn't really something that I battled again, because I just don't think I held these like racist beliefs um so it was just you know something i kind of joked about and accepted before i it was even revealed to me but yeah i was definitely told you're italian you're not black your dad's sicilian and my dad mark who i thought was my real dad he is like our skin complexion is the same he's usually darker than me Mm -hmm. so based on just skin complexion yeah we i bought it you know it, it looked like it, it was so, but I mean, the shoulders didn't match. It looked and, like it was so. You know, the height didn't match. <laughs> I, have, kind of thing. I bet Kendall's going to ask the same question I want to. You grew up with your mom. Did you have any siblings? No, not with my mom. And um, your grandma lived in the house with you guys too? For a time. Okay. Yeah, for a time. Mom. Mm-hmm. 
Was your mom kind of like an outlier with the other people in your family? My my mom was kind of carry on, carrying on that generational rhythm that I mm-hmm. wanted to break with Kai. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like her and her mom didn't get along. Me and my mom didn't get along. So when I had a kid, I was like, this dude's going to be my best friend. Yeah. And I love him so much. You know, it, it, it's almost impossible for me to allow that generational curse to carry on because the love I have for that baby is so overwhelming. Sorry if I got yeah. me I don't on a blame tangent you. a little bit. If you're on YouTube, but... you can see it. You can see Mark's oh, yeah, son yeah. behind him. And he's oh, adorable. my good God <laughs> so almighty. He's so freaking cute. Okay, go ahead. That dude's my best friend. For real. For real. He's the man. Um, I love you, Kai. Uh, he gives me <laughs> cute aggression. Yeah. I want to reach him there and <laughs> pop his head off. <laughs> take yes, a bite. Thank you. Squeeze his eyeballs out. <laughs> I don't ever want Ricky to meet Kyle. <laughs> I'm sure many people have said that about their sons. <laughs> uh, so yeah, my mom didn't have any siblings. She was close with her cousins because you know she had a bunch of a bunch of first cousins, and all the stories that got back to me that you know go throughout the family now they're all they all corrob- corroborate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that the word? Yeah, didn't feel right for some reason. All the stories line up every, you know, just your mom was like this when she was a kid. She just really liked to lie a lot. She really liked to, uh, she, you know, just there was just something off a little bit. And, and that's just, you know, it's not people, they don't have anything to gain by telling me like your mom sucks. Right. Like these are people that love me and they would probably don't want to tell me that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, but um, yeah, just all everybody. And again, she had a lot of first cousins and it's, it's, it was just the same story over and over. And her and my grandma didn't get along, you know? So when I came along, me, my, it was like my grandma found redemption in, in me, you know, cause she right. treated me like gold. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, she like adored me and um, my, you know, my mom with Kai, like she's like a little obsessed with him yeah. you know? I, cause I still let her see him and she can, she gets pictures and sends him presents and all this stuff. But um, yeah, it, it, it's just like a weird, like I said, sort of a generational rhythm where it'd be like me being mean to Kai, but loving his kids, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. on that route. so do you think that when your mom, when you were born, that your family was worried that she was having a kid and wanted to kind of shelter around you and be there for you? Probably. I never thought about that. You know, I never really thought about it like that um, because, yeah, my aunt. So my my grand it was my great aunt, actually. So my grandmother's sister. There we all go. Right, so my great aunt and my grandma and then my great aunt. Aunt Doe is her name. So my aunt Doe. Her name was Donna. Aunt I guess Doe. I couldn't say That's Donna so when I was little. So I called oh, her Aunt Doe. Doe? And that stuck forever. Cute. I love that. Um, so Aunt Doe, her daughter, Vicky who's like 15 years older than me again she's she's become more like mom kai calls her nunny you know what i mean um so like they like they just were rallied around me and you know i was just raised in like with them i mean even with my mom as far as like physical affection goes like she like she did hug and kiss me a lot um but then she also verbally abused the shit out of me (laughs) at the same time uh but you know my aunt my grandma vicky they just all i mean just like relentless, like how I am with Kai, just like relentless kissing and yeah. relentless hugs. And, you know, just, I just knew I was so loved when I was with them all mm-hmm. the time. That's amazing. And do you mind me asking if there are official diagnoses now, do you, what, what, what does your mother suffer from? 
honestly, there's not. Um, so I don't know. You know, it's it's hard to say. I there's there's it's always been very clear that there there was something going on, whether it was you know. And I'm not a you know psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. This is not this is not me diagnosing. But just based on a lot of the sort of symptoms that uh, you know I'd seen and people reverberated to me uh, throughout her life, it did seem like a lot of um, sort of bipolar disorder. Yeah, mm-hmm. seemed to be probably a pretty good guess. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, she and she was she's a nurse, you know, so. I don't know. Was there drug use involved? Yeah. Has there been drug use? Because I mean, it's been, it's always, she's always running from like job to job and mm-hmm. quits jobs and starts new jobs and moves throughout states. Like she was in Texas, she was in California, she was in New Orleans, she, you know, like just always kind of on the go, which is like, you know, there's a few red flags right there. I'm not accusing what? her thing. <laughs> I don't know anything, but. <laughs> I've just Julianne, are you closer to Mark than we know? Oh my god, right. <laughs> I have been in more her. places than her. <laughs> I've been a little bit of a nomad myself, which I do. I think that it can toss up red flags because why would you want to consistently pick up and move base? For me, a lot of times I was run one, I needed to get the fuck out of there because of some mess that I had caused for myself. Um which is an interesting moment of self-reflection. So do you think when people looked at you as a child, the relationship you had with your mom, do you think they thought, oh, she's not a, she's not a great mother, she's not a great person, or, oh, my gosh, she's sick? I think they were probably concerned that, like, she's sick. She, you know, she's off. You know, we got to yeah. maybe make sure Mark's okay. Yeah. Because um, I was, like, the first you know, sort of grandbaby to my grandma, well, the only one. And then the first, like, even to my aunt, though, you know, because Vicky and her brother, Nick, they didn't, you know, they were still younger, so they didn't have kids for, Vicky didn't have kids until I was, like, 12. You know, so I was just, I was the baby. Yeah. You know? So I think they just really rallied around and just naturally, because, again, I was, like, the first grandchild. Um, but probably also knowing what I was dealing with at right. home. And then, yeah, as I got older, I would just always be like, you know, they wouldn't give me money for birthdays anymore. Cause my mom would just like, take it, <laughs> you know, stuff Christ. like that. Um, so yeah, you know, they, they knew what I was dealing with and I just tried to spend as much time with them as I could. And then once my mom was like, Hey, I'm moving to California. You don't want to come. I was like, fuck no. <laughs> like, have, have a great time. You know? <laughs> like, Send me a postcard. I mean, my, I do remember like my heart breaking a little bit because I, I was sad when she was gone because I was like, man, I, I wish I could have had a better relationship with my mom because it was kind of like I knew like, OK, our relationship's basically done. Yeah. You're, you know, you're leaving. And we we weren't close when you lived here. So we're sure as shit not going to be close when you're out of state, especially 2000 miles away. So that was the only thing, I, you know, I was, yeah, I was 15 and I just remember feeling kind of sad about the relationship maybe I could have had with my mom. Yeah, but you're almost it, like grieving. Sometimes that's not possible when you're dealing with you know, mental health, severe, undiagnosed, untreated mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're getting up to the point, obviously, where she's moving. And I'm assuming that that correlates with you being 15. But before we get there, I do want to, I've been talking about grandparents a lot lately. And I think it'll really ring true with a lot of interviews that we do from now on and then just with our listeners. But it does seem, I was like, why are people so obsessed with being grandparents? <laughs> and it does seem to be your next go. You, yeah. everyone irrevocably without intention, mostly fucks up their kids. Mm-hmm. 
And then they have a chance to reflect on that as the child turns into an adult. And then they have another go around with that grandbaby. Yeah, do it. Mm-hmm. What what can I do over? What mm-hmm. can I do better? That's true. Super interesting. Well, also, for the most part, I think um, grandparents, you know, they, they get to be the like the fun the fun people like everybody loves the grandparent like they don't have to discipline at all they don't have to do like any of this stuff they can just be the fun like i'm thinking that might not have been the case with you i did obviously you saw a lot of love from your from your grandmother and her sister but when they have to step into more of a parent role did they did you have more of a parent relationship where they yeah there was all the good but they did have to step in discipline teach you your lessons not, I mean, not that often, and definitely not by the time I because was because you were you know, a saint, 15, right? Like by the time I was like fifteen, what'd you say? Because you were a saint. <laughs> I, I, don't, I mean, I, I don't know. I think like my aunt. I think I was like a nightmare when I was little, like a toddler. You know, from I, I have heard some horror stories. Like, yeah, Mark, you were bad as hell. So, <laughs> whatever. Um, but I, I don't remember too many situations like that. Um, like I was by the time I you know got to be like you know adolescent young adolescent I was I was like pretty chill and like kind of a laid-back kid Um, I really didn't like get in much trouble at school or I mean I I was just kind of low-key yeah so I think and definitely like I said by the time I lived with my aunt I was her and I were just like friends yeah you know we were so close and we just laughed all the time and had such a good time so you know, she, I mean, she gave me freedom and I, you know, I'd go out with friends and stuff, but I don't know. I never felt any, any like real restrictions. Like we'd have backyard wrestling matches and she would like host them. So I mean, she wasn't like giving me blunts or anything, but she gave me like freedom. Backyard you know? wrestling Let's matches. Put a pin in that. That's bizarre. <laughs> that is crazy. Oh, yeah, the so like, tell us, so, and I know we're kind of going back and forth a little bit, but tell us about your child, you know, outside of your home. How was your childhood, your adolescence, your relationships with other people, your peers? How did yeah. your everything at home kind of affect that? Um, I had good, you know, I had good friends. I'm still friends with Dan and Matt. We've been friends for, since kindergarten. So we've been friends for like like 35 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, like our whole lives. Um, so, yeah, I've always, that's one thing in my life I've always been thankful for is I've always had really great friends and really great friends families that only have... child mm-hmm. only child <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so I, yeah i mean i i always had really good relationships with people and though you know just the village i mean my village has always been really imp- so important because just so many people have come out of the woodwork to just help support love on me for no reason yeah um and for I, reason. I, I have like a whole chapter for no reason called the village <laughs> That's awesome. We've talked about because Kendall and I grew up together Mm -hmm. and Ricky grew up as an only child. Ricky has been better. (laughs) She creates, she has a very large group of very, very close friends. Whereas Kendall and I, we don't, I'm not going to like, it's, it's, we just, we have a few close friends, but it's not this village that she Mm. has. And we've always, we've always, just kidding, <laughs> just recently we realized, we, can't, we realized that we think that might have happened. Kendall and I were so dependent on each other when, because we, you know, we always had a little built-in best friend that we yeah. felt like maybe we didn't need to put as much effort into creating 
friendships outside of our home because we always had someone right next to us. Do you think that that might be, do you, do you relate to that at all? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's something I've ever really given much thought to until right now. Um, But yeah, I mean, absolutely. Because, and I mean, I think especially so, you know, when you're, you're, direct home life like with my mom was just like so sort of i'm not trying to sound like a you know what was me but it was just sad it was just we just spent an entire season (laughs) what was meing ourselves so please have at it yeah (laughs) yeah, so so there wasn't anything to look forward to at home you know my mom worked a lot you know especially as i got older and i'd be home by myself so yeah there wasn't i didn't have like no there was nobody there you know so yeah i think um it was a natural like response or natural um something to to you know want to feel some kind of connection with people and my only choice was you know not at home mm-hmm. <laughs> it was everywhere else ricky so. and i both tearing up what do you think rick <laughs> oh my god we're one episode in and still crying this is unbelievable <laughs> yeah we, and i don't know <laughs> oh hugs <laughs> I don't know, Mark, if you listened to the uh, entirety of our podcast, but we did have on Dr. Darla, who mm-hmm. more or less confirmed exactly what we're talking about, that people with I siblings. I hear that episode, but that's... You got to go check it out. Girl Fight, yeah. episode eight. Yeah. <laughs> go check it out. <laughs> but yeah, I, and I think it's not something that um, I really thought about until I got closer with Julianne and Kendall and just saw the... Uh, discrepancies between the way that we form connections when we got older. And it was because I was just so isolated for the majority of my life. So you just seek connection elsewhere. So I'm feeling intense camaraderie with you at the moment. Me too. Yeah, that's really <laughs> awesome. That's yeah. I felt that I felt something in my chest just now. That's that's real. That's real. That's real energy, real connection. So and Ricky, this is actually a good well, inter- this will be interesting. Ricky, I, and I'm going to speak for her, does not plan on having children at all. Um, but if you did, do do you have any big feelings about having been an only child is the first part of my question. Hmm. Um, not really. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I, I never, I mean, I never thought about it, how we're talking about it right now. Um guess if I really dug deep, I don't know. I almost feel like, no, I wouldn't have wanted someone else to have dealt with what I had to deal with. That sucked. I don't want to bring that shit on anybody else. That's a very selfless. I would be like, I wish someone would have been there. Been in the trenches trenches with me. Okay. Maybe that. And maybe that's something too, because we we had that different upbringing where it's like, you had that option. I Mm -hmm. didn't. So it's almost like, it's natural for me to think like, no, I don't want anyone else involved with this mm-hmm. yeah, supernatural be- to be in the tre- like to i don't when, when it- something is going wrong or anything mm-hmm. don't typically tend to seek anyone out mm-hmm. see and the thing is neither do kendall or i <laughs> we like had someone in the trenches with us and just didn't even use that resource which nope. is so interesting hmm okay mm, we'll think about that some more um and then the second part of my question is we've talked a little bit about your son kai who yeah. right now is an only child right. are you do you well you have he is and he isn't because he has two older he has uh, an older sister and an older brother okay so i do have two stepkids okay okay um, but they're older not but i mean they still have they do have this like beautiful connection mm-hmm. i mean it's like it's really crazy because they're 
um, 11 and 14. Ada is 11, Cole's 14. And I mean, they're just really great kids and they like adore this baby. Yeah. I mean, they adore Kai so much and it's returned. I mean, he like lights up because it's like a 50 50 thing. They're with us one week with their dad one week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but when he sees them, I mean, so it, it almost there's it almost doesn't matter the age because they all just play together. Yeah. They all love on each other so much. But yeah, I mean, I have given given it thought like what if he had someone littler and he has his first cousins who are actually closer to, closer to his age. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I wouldn't be opposed to him having a little brother or a little sister, but it's not likely. Yeah. In the cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think my point is mute. M- mute isn't. <laughs> I think my point is mute. I think my point is mute. I- <laughs> moot points. It's a moot point because I don't think I realized that you were a stepfather before you were um, a father. So no, it's still an. Impo- I think it's an important delineation. Yeah, you know? and mm-hmm. again, because there is such an age gap. So Kai's like he's a little bit behind on speaking because you know a lot of times when little ones have maybe someone who's like two years older than them or right. a year older than them, they tend to speak sooner because they see their older brother older sister communicating like them right um so he's i mean he's doing a lot better he's like super active so apparently they tell you like if they're really active they tend to speak a little later mm-hmm. uh, but he has like a speech therapist and he's he is doing really good now but um so yeah i mean the, there's like those different connections and then uh and and the fact that his siblings are at least you know what i say she's 11 he's so like the closest is like nine years. So it's almost like a, a decade yeah. gap mm-hmm. still, even with his youngest sibling. So, you know, that is something to think about. And there, there is a difference there. But so that's, yeah. Um, so I, again, I moved in with my aunt. She's my great aunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, my aunt, though, the best person I've ever known. That's chapter two in the book. <laughs> uh, just the, truly like, again, so funny. I mean, hosted backyard wrestling matches. All my friends loved her. My friends would go over the house and hang out if I wasn't there. Like she was that. <laughs> person you know she was just really funny and um i mean you know she she was like partying in the 60s so like you know she like smoked weed and you know drank some beers here and there (laughs) but all the holidays were at her house all the um you know holidays were just so magical and you know like anything you anything you feel that was good from your childhood of holidays that's what the recipe was that's what i felt when i or i feel when i think about you know her um so yeah I moved in with her and I was just so like ready and so relieved and so you know I put up my corn k-o-r-n poster (laughs) um you know in the basement and I got my music set up I was you know I was a guitarist so or I was just I was a musician I was obsessed with music that was my escape you know that was my Mm -hmm. big escape when I was uh 13 is when I started playing guitar my aunt actually helped me buy my first guitar so that that was you know, even just before I moved in with my aunt, I remember I would come home from, from school when I was, you know, like 14, 13, and my mom wouldn't be home. Our phone would be shut off. Cable would be shut off. We wouldn't always have like a ton of food in the house. Um, and I was, I was just so depressed. <laughs> like that was when I first really met depression and I would just sit in my room and literally like stare out the window for hours at times. Did you, stare. did you identify it back then as depression no I had no idea what yeah. it was I just knew I you know didn't want to be here yeah <laughs> you wow. know I really didn't I was just so it was just so uh it's just it was so 
gray. I just yeah. think back and just mm-hmm. I can only remember gray skies and this dead feeling inside. Um, and I would just play guitar, you know, after I would stare out the window in this weird depressed state for <laughs> X amount of time every day, I would play guitar and I would just listen to, you know, metal. Um, and I mean, I played guitar until my fingers bled. I was just like, this is my tool to get me the fuck out of this yeah. mess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah. And then shortly after that, 15, my mom moved to California, I moved in with my aunt and brought my guitar and my amps. I set up in the basement, um, you know, had all my, you know, music there and, and it was great. I mean, I was just at home, you know, I never felt home anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I just felt at home. And I remember I would go up to my aunt all the time. I have to get emotional. I love her so much. <laughs> I usually only get emotional when I talk about Kai, but uh, get emotional. What? What's I meet her. Get emotional now, right? Emotional. We it's don't good want to for the show. Get some tears. Damn it. <laughs> Do um, you know what show you're on? <laughs> so, um, I remember I would go into the kitchen, you know, where my aunt always was. She was such a great cook. And I would just hug her and kiss her and tell her, like, you know, you just, you can never die. Like, you can't go anywhere. Because I, I wouldn't know where, where, where to even begin. Like, mm-hmm. where to even go from here. You're, you're the best person I know. <laughs> you know, and she, we would just laugh all the time. And I remember, I, you know, I was, <laughs> there was like an Eminem music video on, like, MTV. This is like MTV days when music videos were there. And he said something like VD. And I was like, aunt, what's VD? <laughs> and, like, she explained, like, oh, that's venereal disease. That's when. <laughs> You know, and she would like yeah. just go into it like she, she was just wild, you know. Um, Mark, when you moved in with your aunt, did your mom put up a fight at all? Yeah. Um, can you tell us about what the goodbye was like? Yeah. I don't really remember it, mm-hmm. to be honest. I don't really I don't really remember a goodbye. I'm sure it was. I'm sure we had one. But I I think I was just so focused. And I actually, you know, what? I think Oh, you're pulling up deleted memories. They were in the trash bin. Fully deleted though. Recover. <laughs> um, yeah, I just recovered something. Whoa. I think I remember being at my aunt's house after I had everything moved in. Yeah, this is what happened, and that's yeah. Wow. Oh man, you hit me with something there, Ricky. Um, wasn't ready to see that one today, but she yeah she was there and we hugged each other and she left. You know she was. Um, we, you know, we just hugged and, and kissed each other, you know, and we knew like, this is the best thing, you know, you, there was a time years later that she admitted that she like, didn't like me for a long time. And I was like, I didn't like you either. Um, but yeah, that was it. That was the goodbye. I had everything at my aunt Doe's house. We were outside. It was like a warm day and I don't know. I, I don't know if she drove herself or someone drove her. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that part, but I do remember standing on the sidewalk, giving her a hug. And that was it. Do you remember how you felt like in your chest? There, it was, it was like that bittersweet. I think, you know, I was really excited to be at my aunt's. Uh, there, there definitely wasn't like brokenness or like, oh, I'm wondering man. about relief. Mm-hmm. I think there was, yeah. yeah, I think there was relief. Um, and just like, Oh, I'm free. I'm like having this internal battle between being, a little bit appalled mm-hmm. that you could so willingly leave your child behind mm-hmm. and also trying to reconcile that with 
that she knew that probably knew that she was doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And then for me, I'm sitting over here being like, God, I wish that could have happened earlier in your life. Yeah. So that you could have had more, me too. more of that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially because my aunt died when I was 18. <gasps> oh, I was just going to ask you if you've experienced any loss. Yeah. Okay, so you, yeah, that was that was a big one. Will you tell Will you tell us about that a little bit? Of course. Yeah, I write. A, I'm I'm an open book. Yeah, pun intended. So it's <laughs> you move in with her when you're 15, 15. and you create your little heavy Beautiful. metal haven My in the basement. Corn posters, up. corn K O R N posters up. Nine inch nails, uh, I'm sure. Nine Nin. Inch nails. Nin. And uh, so you're in high school. Yeah. And your yeah. your aunt is raising you, but in a really nice, like, collaborative friendship way. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah what what happened? So, yeah, I, I was there. And, and it was just some of the best, like, years of my life. You know, just being with the, my favorite person. My aunt, that was my favorite person. And my grandma was always there, too. And I'm so um, sorry. I don't want to interrupt. So was it just you and her? She has husband, kids? No, she didn't have a husband. She was separated from... Mm -hmm. uh, so Vicky and Nick. All mm -hmm. right. So those are her two kids. Vicky is Kai's. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. She's like mom to me. Yes. And uh, Nick, I mean, me and him are we're close to. He lived there, too. OK. So OK. It was me, my aunt, me, aunt, though, my cousin Nick. Yeah, it was it was them. And <laughs> let me just tell like a story really fast. Please, but please. Every stories. time I think of this, it's so hard not to laugh. And if he ever listens to this, he's like, you're an asshole. But. <laughs> We were like putting up like a Christmas tree, you know, it's obviously a Christmas and in the, so we're in the living room. It was just me and my aunt and my cousin Nick and he put a chair like right, right, you know, under the, it's like a doorway, but it was, there wasn't a door, you know, to go into the living room. So we're in, or in, into the dining room. So we're in the living room. There's this little doorway thing that goes into the dining room, but it comes down, you know, so there's, it doesn't just go up to the ceiling. It, there's like a little lip or i don't know what it's called i don't understand construction terms <laughs> um so he puts a chair like right below it and he stands up like full force to like yep. put something on i already knew where that was going <laughs> oh my god i mean he hit his head so hard oh, oh, like stuff on the wall shook yep. off and mm -hmm. fell yep. and it like i looked at my aunt and we both had tears in our eyes <laughs> of like holding in the ridiculous <laughs> laughter that was trying to explode out of us. And I mean, she was way stronger. I mean, she's like, are you okay? And, <laughs> you know, he, he had that like, metallic taste in his mouth. Oh yeah. Like Saw he, God. The, I've never seen somebody hit their head so fucking hard. When I and was. Like, he like his, his face is like super red and he's just like, Oh, like he, so he just like went upstairs mm -hmm. and yeah. left and me and her just looked at each other. Like we were like dying laugh. It was, it was hilarious. But when uh, I was uh, like just... in high school, I was, we had like a staircase going down to our downstairs. So it went like six stairs, little landing, seven yeah. stairs down. So there was like an overhang from the second set down to the basement and mm -hmm. I started to trip down the basement stairs. So I was like, fuck, I, I, I'm just going to jump the stairs. It's like <laughs> 10 stairs. And I jumped and I forgot about that overhang. <laughs> and I leapt with all my might straight into the 
<laughs> straight uh. into the wall. I know this feeling and just collapsed at the bottom of the stairs. And my friend Abby was in the basement and she's my mom like, was upstairs okay. and my mom was like, cause she heard it. Yeah. As you know, and my mom right. was like, "Oh my God, what happened? Is she okay?" And my friend Abby was like, "She's not okay." <laughs> she <laughs> was I okay. I was okay. I did, but I did. It was like shocking, yeah. and I'm sure um, they did. Now we we have a good laugh about it now. But I feel your now, pain, Nick. Yeah, I feel your yeah. pain. It's funny now. Uh, it was funny for me then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mine was a little bit like, "Ooh, she might have broken her neck or something." Um, right. He okay. might have too. I yeah. was like, we were like, "Did he? Is he a concussion?" Oh yeah. Upstairs, you know, like. Yes. But no, we just laugh like two assholes. That's hilarious. <laughs> and they've never been the same. They've never been the same. Okay, so so you're growing up there and okay. yeah, let's Yeah, just yeah, again, like, you know, just really I you know, I remember I would go out, you know, with friends skateboarding or whatever, and I'd come home and I, I, I would every night I would go and like at the door of her bedroom and I would just watch she was sleeping and I would watch just to make sure she was breathing. I was so scared to lose her like mm -hmm. there was nothing wrong there was nothing going on but I was so like this is the only person that has ever helped me has ever taken care of me who's ever made me feel like this level <laughs> of love and I would just stand there and I'd watch and like she would breathe and I'd be like okay I can go to bed now like every night I would do that you know you um, sound like such a sweet kid. sweet kid yeah it's oh. like old soul <laughs> sweet kid I think I have an old soul. Yeah. Uh, yeah mm -hmm. I think I when someone grows up in such tumult, yeah. it goes one direction or the other. They're, I feel like you uh, and Mark have a lot in common. Are you finding that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love him. I know. That's why I, I yeah, feel I, like. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. <laughs> I can't wait to group hug. We're going to be in Texas at the same yes. time. Yes. Hell yeah. Yes. So, you know, again, I would go in there. I would go to her door every night just watching just to make sure she was okay. And then, of course, like my worst fear breathed life. Um, there was, she started getting like stomach pains and she wasn't really eating. Um, she was like, Oh, I just can't really eat. I'm just not hungry. And, uh, I would always eat these like chicken patties. Like I'd throw them in the microwave. They were delicious. I kind of miss them. I love a chicken patty right now. Um, sorry. We're like past lunch. We can talk uh, about TV dinners all day long. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, and I remember her being like, Mark, can you go, um, can you go make me one of those chicken patties you always make? And I, I like made her, I like toasted the bread. And I was like trying to make it fancy, fancy. For her, you know, and toasted the bread and gave her, you know, I made her a chicken patty and she, she ate it and stuff. And, and, and from there it just deteriorated. It just got worse. It turned out uh, that it was cancer that metastasized. She finally went to the doctor and cause she just wasn't eating. Her belly was always hurting. So she went and again, yeah, it was cancer. It metastasized, went through her whole body and there was nothing they could do. It was in her lungs. It was in her bones. It was, all through her stomach, everywhere. It was I don't everywhere. know if you, again, I, I don't know if you've gotten through to this part, but you, that's how all of us have lost our fathers or our, that's how we both lost our dads was metastatic mm -hmm. cancer. Yeah. So I'm yeah. so sorry. How, how long between when she was that? Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Not, not long at all. Um, I remember I was 18 and right when she started getting sick, like this was the person my aunt though was, um, I used to sleep on the couch, you know, downstairs. I still sleep on couches. Like I'm a couch person. I don't know. It, yeah. Like I love sleeping on the couch. <laughs> and like when I got like a really bad case of tonsillitis, I ended up having to get my tonsils out in my early twenties, but I got really bad tonsillitis and she like made me sleep in her bed while she slept on the couch while metastatic cancer was taking her body over, you know, and like she was just like bringing me, you know, toast and bringing me stuff. And she just nursed me back to life, you know, because I was sick as shit. I was so sick. Mm -hmm. And 
um i mean just the most selfless loving incredible beautiful funny great person i've ever known and she, you know she did that for me and right after that she goes she gets in the hospital and then she's in the hospital <laughs> and i called her in the hospital one time and i was like i'm having weird back pain i don't know she's like oh it's your kidneys you need to drink some baking soda water <laughs> I drank it and I was good. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks, Aunt. And though, you know, um, I went to visit her in the hospital. She looked normal. You know, she was same Aunt Doe, like just funny, joking. And it was it was a bunch of us in the hospital. I'll try to get through this part without being emotional. <laughs> she uh it was my, you know, Vicky was in the room and her son, Nick. Uh, my my mom was there, my grandma, her sister, and the doctor came in and she was introducing everybody, said, you know, this is this person this is this person and she like grabbed my hand and she she was like and this is my baby mark you know so i just always held this like beautiful part in her heart that she always would let me know you know she always let me feel loved and let me feel uh like i didn't feel before that <laughs> and it wasn't long after that maybe two weeks my mom called me and said you have to get to the hospital antho's dying and uh, I get to the hospital. I barely remember what she looked like because my aunt used to wear a wig, actually. <laughs> um, but like my whole life, I never saw my aunt without a wig and she didn't have it on. Uh, I still can't really remember how she looked because she was always the person that had all the answers. She had she knew everything. She had, you know, baking soda water. That'll help <laughs> you. Uh, that, you know, that kind of she was the strongest person I knew. What's VD before Google? <laughs> <Antonio>. <laughs> you know, that was her. And. I get there and she's just uh, laying in bed and and pale and weak. And again, I don't really remember what she looked like, but she she had a lot of morphine. You know, they were just making her comfortable. Mm -hmm. And she was just like staring up at the ceiling just for a long time. And then I went over to her and I said, I said, hey, and she looked at me and I was like, listen, um, I want you to know that if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here because I was so depressed. I wanted to kill myself mm -hmm. before I moved in with her. Um, I don't know how I got through that. That's there's a system of a down song called Lonely Day. And he says such a lonely day. It's a it's a day I'm I can't remember exactly, but he says it's a day I'm glad I survived. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what depression is. Yeah. You survive it. You know? Mm -hmm. And you you it's so bad sometimes it's like, oh, I'm so thankful I survived that because it, it's so overwhelming and it just rips every ounce of everything out of you. And I held her hand and I was like, You saved me. You saved me from that and thank you. Fitzy looked at me and held my hand and said, Marky, don't cry. I'm going dancing. And then she looked. I got chills in my neck just now. And then she, like, placed her eyes back. She fixed them back on the same spot in the ceiling. And it wasn't long until we watched her take her last breath. I'm you know? so sorry, Mark, that you went through that loss. That sounds like. That was rough. Yeah. <laughs> it was really rough. You know. But I do hope you know that, you know. Like you made the last few years of her life like the best that they were, and she made those years the best for you. Well, you just hit me with that one, Kenny. Thanks. <laughs> and it sounds Thank like you. you guys got to say a nice goodbye, which yeah. I know so many people don't get that um, opportunity. That's so true. I'm glad that you guys. You know that that is really true. Like, yeah, I mean, I got to tell her exactly. What was true? I said, "Thank you." Mm -hmm. Like, thank you for loving me. And you know, what's wild is like when when she passed and transitioned. Um, I was like, all right, well, I can't get sick mm -hmm. because I don't have anybody to take care of me. 
I don't, I didn't get like sick until I was in my late twenties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You will it It was off. like 10 years. It was like or 10 had years angel. before I got sick again. Yeah. Well, I had my tonsils out, Yeah. but I, I just had to get it done. I wasn't yeah. sick. I yeah. just had to get it done um, in my early twenties. And so that was, you know, that was 18. And then at 21, I was standing right next to my grandma with the same thing. Um, I remember my grandma in the room crying, saying like, I'm next, I'm next, because there were three sisters. Her, Their oldest sister, my Aunt Evelyn, passed away when I was maybe 13 or 14, mm-hmm. somewhere in there, and then my Aunt Del. And I remember my grandma just being in the room like crying and saying, I'm next. And at 21, I was next to my grandma's bed, and she passed away too. Mm-hmm. So the other best person I've ever known. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, you have such a beautiful I – I think it's very rare to see the – to hear you talk about the kind of relationship that you had with these three women. Women, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, and we'll talk about this in a later episode, but obviously has really shaped the man that you are today and the way that you treat people and the way that you're raising your son, which is Thanks, beautiful. 100%. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. So, so you're you're in your your early 20s. And so now you have your mom somewhere floating around out there. Yeah. I mean, we were still, dis- we were disconnected. You know, and, I think she was in Texas. Yeah. And then Mark reaches out to you. So, yeah. So now, now at this point, I, uh, I start working in a pizza shop and I actually became an EMT. So I was working on an ambulance and I was singing in a metal band. So I was pushing my rock star thing. You know, <laughs> I was, we were playing shows. We played Warp Tour in Pittsburgh. That's we, so cool. At that time, Did you make out with uh, Ricky ever? <laughs> might have. Oh my God, that flies directly in the face of what I was just going to say, which was if we didn't have proof otherwise that we get into, I would be 100% convinced that we were conceived via the same sperm donor <laughs> and making out all the while. Ricky made out with Tyson Ritter at Warp Tour. Okay, so you're doing your rock star thing. Yeah. Wait, Tyson who? Tyson, Tyson Ritter. Ritter the all American Rejects. All American Rejects. Oh, oh, don't be too impressed. Well. Who she is having him. a she resurgence do it. as a movie star? I'm sure we'll oh, talk about God. it at length. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I was I was doing that, you know, playing in the band, and we were, you know, we were doing some cool things. Um, but I was like really miserable in the jobs I was working, and I was like, you know, I, I need to go back. It was just it's so funny how like the universe, God works. Is you know, I was like, I'm just done with these jobs. I, I need to go back to school. And like I made it up in my mind. I was like, I'm going back to school. And out of nowhere, I got a message on MySpace. So this is 2008. <laughs> I got a message on MySpace, and it was like, um, hey, you don't know me, but I have information on your dad's side of the family if you're interested. It was actually Mark, but sort of reaching out as though it weren't him. And again, I never had this like weird chip on my shoulder. So I was just like, yeah, um, yeah, okay, what's, what's up? <laughs> you know, like just very open and um, got some information, and I went over to his huge mansion like castle like house um and had chinese and met my dad and my aunt uncle stepmom little brother cousins all so these people it was like a little reception for you that that's yeah. the reason that they were there was to meet you yeah yeah i had general sips okay and how did that how did it go how did you feel <laughs> uh i wanted to puke on the way there <laughs> you know i was with my uh ex one well, ex-girlfriend now but girlfriend at the time and then my best friend dan so you know we all went and i was again yeah like leading up to the house i was like oh man i just want to throw up and then we get there and it was cool you know it was just immediately cool 
And he ended up offering me a chance to move in with him, like rent free and to pay for school. Because up until that point, I hadn't gone to school, but I did make the decision. I need to go back to school. And then this person appears and in my then life. And the universe and gave says, you a benefactor. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so I did. I took him up on the offer because I was living in like the ghetto. There was like a fucking hole in my ceiling with plaster falling all over the place. Like, yeah, he's like, you want to move into this castle? And I was like, uh, say less. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I really do. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, there was no like, oh, aren't you mad? He was out of here. No, no, no. no. He's, he has a castle. I don't care. I know who my mom was. Call, call me a sellout. Call me whatever you want. I don't give a shit. I was ready. I was ready for change. Um, so I lived with him for three years uh, and went back to school, you know. And he was really important to me because he, he had like a master's degree and I never really saw much like higher education in my life. So I didn't really know how possible it was to, to do what I did now. I have a master's degree. Um, you know, so he was really instrumental and just so important in that part of my journey, you know, into higher education. I've been working in higher education now for over a decade and, you know, it started there. So when you met Mark, were you looking for some of yourself in him? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was like, okay, like we're both tan. Yeah. (laughs) Did you have a discussion? Like, did he, was he eager to give you his side of the story in terms of what happened with your mom and why he hadn't been in your life? Yeah, he was, he was like, you can ask me anything. Mm -hmm. And you know, we, we did have this like really beautiful relationship and he ended up taking me to California. We went to Miami. Um, You know, he, he was just, he just wanted to, he was like, I, I've always told everybody about you. Like every girlfriend I ever had, every, you know, I've always, you're my, you know, you're my son and you can ask me anything. So we, we just had a really great relationship. Um, and so, you know, with his, his sister, my aunt, he had a brother, he has a brother, um, that I met also at that time, they, him and his wife won the lottery. Like, so they won like $13 million. Oh, like, okay. That's cool. <laughs> Normal. Like, Normal. Nice. Good for you. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was a really great relationship. And, and again, you know, just, it was really nice house and just really open. Um, but yeah, I was, I was looking for some of me in him, you know. Uh, did you feel I mean, like I mean, you, did you feel like you saw it? Did you feel like, I mean, okay, he's tan, but did you feel like you saw, <laughs> we're looking for similarities and saw any and we're like, oh yeah, that's, that makes sense. He's like, you know, we brush our teeth uh, the same way. I think <laughs> maybe here and there, but I don't, I can't really remember. I don't know. Yeah. Because like when you go into it and you have this belief that like, oh, this is my, the person that's my dad's, that stuff kind of comes natural, you know, um, that you're just like, oh yeah. I you seem very just like things. roll with the punches. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very much like anywhere. <laughs> instead of searching for that stuff, you were just kind of taking things as they came. Might we say yeah. cool, cool as, as a, a cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> so you... Yeah. So, and I want to tell both sides of this story and we'll tell, we'll tell the rest, you know, the other side later, but you, he wanted to put you on his health insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, he, I was 25 at the time. So in PA you could, or I guess anywhere that was, yeah, that was an Obama thing. Um, <clears throat> thanks Obama. Obama. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> we love you. Um, Miss yeah, you. <laughs> 20, so I could be on his health insurance for, you know, one more year so we did a paternity test. We had different last names and for his company, you know, we needed to do that. So we did a paternity test and it came back negative. Found out he wasn't my real dad. And were you just like, how did that feel? How did you Um, feel and how did he react? So he, he like 
he like went to his knees and like just just cried you know it was really it really hit him uh hit him hard and for me i just knew my mom so well (laughs) it wasn't a surprise that it yeah i mean sure it was a bit jarring but Mm -hmm. it wasn't i don't know i mean it just didn't hit me that hard you know i was just like oh well i mean to me nothing changes like you're no you're still my dad like it's just blood yeah (laughs) you know like that's just kind of how i saw it i I, so yeah i wasn't i don't know it just didn't really did he really hit me too hard did he like return that sentiment was he or did was it you we're we're done uh he did return it but his wife at the time and not married anymore did Mm -hmm. not so (sighs) she kind of thought that i i knew and i was like taking advantage of the situation but i was (sighs) like well why would I take a paternity test? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> maybe you thought like, I, I don't need the health insurance. <laughs> yeah, one more year health insurance lists. I uh, will take it. Yeah. yeah, you know, like so. I, I, I don't. I mean, that's where you know at the time, like that's that's where I was my thinking was. So I ended up moving out, um, and but still finishing school. You know, yeah. And I was still, um, I was like, all right, well, I'm not giving up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, hell I'm not giving yeah. Giving up on, um this i mean i'm still gonna keep going so and then what happened <laughs> so i'm telling vicky you know nunny guys nunny um about you know the you know, this test came back negative and she's crying i hate your mom like <laughs> i can't you know just all this stuff and she was like look up a guy who wrestled in the wwf in the 80s and uh I don't share his name publicly because I don't feel like getting sued for like defamation or anything, but um, I pull up this video and it was like looking into a mirror. Mm. I mean, there was just no question, no question. We, I didn't need the ancestry test that I would later get that would connect me officially with blood hundred percent. I didn't need that. Just this video from 1983 of a guy wrestling um, in the WWF. I was like, Oh, there he is. <laughs> like just no question. And he was black. So my real dad is actually black. Incredible. See you guys on the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't get I can't wait to get into the who's your daddy of it all. And I'll let yeah. Jules take us home and kind of give us a rundown of what we might talk about next episode. But I just want to say, I think after wrapping the first season, I at the very least was definitely feeling like an exposed nerve like I have not necessarily been well (laughs) um and to come into this and have the realization and talking to you that our hearts and are are about to get way bigger Mm -hmm. is fucking incredible Mm -hmm. so that's awesome and that's the beautiful thing about being broken open as you see what's inside Thank you so much to Mark for going, uh, taking us through his childhood. And I think it was just a really, I don't know if I, beautiful journey. Mm -hmm. Um, He has certainly been through a lot and uh, it has been so, so much our pleasure to get to know him and to um, really be taken through his childhood, the way, you know, his relationship with his mother, which I think is another it's another way to answer the question, who is, who is your father? Um, and I know that 
just the resilience that he has shown not only throughout his entire childhood, but since then has been really impressive uh, to us. And um, we can't wait to hear more about the results of this DNA test. Yeah. And he's just such a gracious guest, honestly. I hope it comes through for everyone listening, but his energy is super calming, super zen. He's so easy to get along with. Um, and yeah. He just kind of makes you want to give him a big hug, big bear hug. We could just like talk to him forever. He's just such a lovely, lovely guy. Also, he was kind enough to send us some pictures of his metal band days and they are incredible so you have got to to head over to our socials and check those out because you are not ready for sure so i think next week we are going to be diving into part two of his episode which just really dives into him finding out who his biological father is, sort of what came with that, uh, him becoming a father and his kind of professional endeavors that are all intertwined in that. So we cannot wait to see you there next Monday for part two of Mark's interview. Absolutely. For now, we are signing off. In the meantime, we hope you leave feeling a little bit more normal in your own family dynamic, excited for the possibilities, and more curious about the world around you. Have a good week, take things in stride, and leave people better than you found them. We'll see you next time. Bye! Bye.
Okay. <clears throat> Stop breathing so heavy into the mic. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Somewhere in the middle of the world. I know I always lost. <clears throat> this. This week. On Luke. <laughs> I know he is my father. This week. On Luke. Who is your father? <laughs> father. 